what's what's your problem here, Frank? I'm having a debate, James. Debate. I can't yeah, debate. <laughs> I can't decide whether I should spend a few days fixing the Windows version of iCircuit, a few days fixing the Android version of iCircuit, or spend a week and port both of those to Xamarin Forms. Mm, well, how much money does each of those make for you? Like, what's your oh. customer base? Uh, I mean, not, not, you don't have to say, you don't have to say like in, in, like, I'm not asking for a dollar amount. What I'm asking mm -hmm. is which one, this is, this is plain and simple product development, which one has the most customers that makes you the most money with the most potential for your time. That's what I would do. <laughs> uh, you mean just pick one, not do both. Is that what you're kind of getting at? Or do you want, I, I should answer your question though, I guess. Uh, so both of these make significantly less than iOS. That's why they've unfortunately gotten lower priority. But um, especially with the virus going around, there are a lot of students learning over video and a lot of teachers using the app uh, over video, and it needs updating. So, you know, I want to get these updates out just for the teachers, for the yeah, teachers, so, James. So I think in this situation, what I would ask is, Next question is, okay, so is one of them likelier to have a larger adoption? You, you know, because you're debating between Windows, Android, or both. So the question ends up becoming, well, is there an opportunity today where you can do a quick win to get one of them updated while you work on a rewrite instead of delaying a potential, potential rewrite that will take longer than doing the other ones? And why I ask of this is like, when you think of the potential is like, okay, I can update this app in two days and then I can get it out there and get a million installs, or I can get this out there in two months, but now I've blown my window. So now I get zero installs of the one that I could have got. You are so wise and smart, James, but, uh, where were you a month ago? when I was having that debate. <laughs> you didn't so, ask me. That's the problem. You I didn't know. open yeah. up the Zencaster and then say, I have a debate, James, and ask me for my input. You know, I can be your business partner in this, Frank. I'll take a 10% <laughs> cut and I'll, I'll guide you through this journey. You know, you'd think I'd learn my lesson now. I'm, I'm supposed to, like I was asking you to text me whenever you're like soldering or doing anything with electricity. So I should do this when I'm talking about Android or Windows. So... Point being, though, uh, I came to your same conclusion that um, I started a forms version and then I was like, ooh, this is a lot of work. Uh, maybe I should just get these updates out real quick instead. You know, put the like, yes, I want I want to have a unified code base, but just get some updates out. Right. Hmm. So I spent all day today updating the Windows app. Now, ready for this part? The Windows app is Windows 8.1 API. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so now you got to convert this puppy to Windows 10 UWP. No, no. So no? I tried that. No? I tried that. Um, okay. So they have like, you know, uh, Windows 8 goes to UWP pretty easily, I would say. Uh, it, it took some work. I think it took about a day. But the problem I ran into was I was using a lot of specific Windows 8.1 controls that had a certain style about them. And in UWP, they just look completely different. And I would say non-functional, like you're really not supposed to be using them. They're ugly. 
So doing a UWP version is what I decided was just as much work as doing a forms version. I see. Got you. That, that does make some sense. I mean, there's the expectation too that, you know, for your Android version at this point, it's very, very old, right? I, I think that you last time you updated it to like some app compat stuff and now you got to go through who knows what's going on and it, it, you're going to need to call me in anyways. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, you know, when I was going through my windows journeys, I had done, you know, windows seven development, eight, eight, one development, and then, you know, windows 10 came and I was sort of in the same boat. I, I had to make that, you know, tough decision of like, well, is the tech stack there to support me? Is it going to create me more work or really, should I go all in on this? And, and you got to ask yourself then is like, where's your user base and where is it going forward? And most likely it's going to be windows 10 only going forward. So you probably want to just shift completely over to that in general, I would assume. Yeah. But even there, there's been hiccups like UWP used to be baked into windows. Now it's been split off into a NuGet. So there's still little maintenance things to do there. I still kind of prefer the forms version because I'm putting the, the platform work onto someone else. Like I don't have to deal with it at that point. I don't care if it's Android. I don't care if it's windows. I'll just make sure that it adapts nicely to different screen sizes and window sizes that kind of stuff. But I agree with you. Um, back in the day, um, I was all in, I st you know me, I like native APIs. So that's why this Windows 8 app used Windows 8 features, you know, like the settings panel. I didn't write a settings panel. I used the baked in one, which I think disappeared in UWP. So, you know, just some whole hog features went away. Yeah, uh, that, that's true. I mean, you got to probably look at the the ethos around it, like the ecosystem around it, you could say, okay, like if I convert this to UWP, like, should I go strip out all the old stuff and then put in like some of the, probably the new community toolkit stuff probably is what you're maybe missing out on. Perhaps. I think I pulled some of that in. Like you mm -hmm. kind of have to, I think the app mm -hmm. was using it in the first place, to be honest. Um, you know what I did instead? Well, okay, let's go back to what you said was I wanted to see if I could get an easy win. Like just, you know, get pull rebase, <laughs> recompile, and run it. So I learned one important thing. VS 2019 cannot create Windows 8 apps. Mm -hmm. uh, then I learned a second thing. VS 2017 cannot create Windows mm -hmm. 8 apps. <laughs> VS 2015. That's what you want, people. VS 2015. So I had to have three versions of Visual Studio installed. So, you know, that took a little bit of time to do yeah which was and they all installed side by side elegantly isn't that a beautiful thing i mean they did they did um i haven't dared run the vs 2019 updater app ever since putting 2015 on hmm. I'm just gonna assume they all play together <laughs> i don't yeah, know they'll do good i think i think ever since 2017 it was sort of the first jump point where you could you didn't have to uninstall 2015 completely it just kind of just worked and 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 it just kind of just worked to be honest with you no, I think this is a great conversation because there's probably a lot of developers that have gone through this. I've worked with some developers recently that actually were targeting older Xamarin forms. They were targeting like Xamarin forms 1.x or 2.x. And they're like, you know what? Like I've just been frozen in time here, but like I 
or I haven't touched this project in two years and I need to update it because like it's been working, it's been working fine, you know, and sometimes that happens in mobile apps or desktop apps. You're like, I built the thing, it's kind of done. And then all of a sudden there's like a new business case, right? Or, or something breaks in the operating system. You're like, oh man, I got to recompile. And you're like, well, I can either recompile, which it's going to take me forever and I'm not really adding value here, or I should really go through the steps, which is, okay, I'm going to sit down and rebuild parts of the app. Not, not necessarily rebuild the app because the beautiful part about your Windows app, here's the cool thing of the situation you're in, Frank Kruger. Now, I don't know anything about your Windows development setup. If you're an MVVM perfectionist over there, not, but I will say that most likely a lot of your UWP work, like your business logic, all that stuff is probably already shared with some of your iOS app or just in general linked into the UWP stuff. And that could come across really nice on Windows and Android with Xamarin Forms because here's the thing, really nowadays, I'm just, I'm just all in on cross-platform UI. I just really am, I'm just 100% am. And I would say, I would say 95% maybe because there's going to be use cases where like I, I, I like you, you like app stat, right? Like that is a perfect example of, I mean, it could have been Xamarin forms, but it's like, you know, you're just writing it for one platform. It just kind of goes type of thing. I'm just sort of, I'm loving this situation because your app is really old, right? You're talking like four years old and it needs an update and you want to provide value to your customers. So I still think it comes back to the point like, Yes, most likely it makes the most sense to go all in here and just rewrite the thing in Xamarin Forms. But I'm still at a, a crossroads, even though I'm all in on it, right? Like I'm just like mm -hmm. all in on it. Like I go to those developers that I were working with and I'm like, hey, go do this, go do this. And they're like, I don't know, like I should just file new. And I was like, give me your project. Two hours later, I'm just like, boom, here, you know, because I've done it so much. But so, but now you're in a situation where you're like, well, I'm not James. So I'm not just going to magically understand how to convert all those package configs to package references <laughs> and get through all the Android X shenanigans and, and all this ridiculousness that has changed because mobile application development, things change so fast, but you're in this unique state, right? Where you, you have potential to make money. And this is why it's really hard for me to give you a yes or no answer here, because I, I don't like I don't like giving direct input on this thing will make you money or may may make it so you can't pay your rent this month. So that's what's really hard for me right now. It's a good debate to have, though. Well, thank goodness I'm not riding on the razor edge like that. You know, I can spend a week. Come on. <laughs> um, and I will do an update one way or another. It's more about choosing a good path and a path that's going to be productive in the future. That kind of stuff. That's what I think about. But to get to your yes versus no, let me uh, let me fill you in on a few more pain points that I've gone through on this whole uh, going the VS 2015 route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, James, do you remember uh, portable class libraries and .NET Standard version 1? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just start groaning. I had forgotten how bad it was back then. And VS 2015 throws you way back in the heady days of 2015. Oh my god, we didn't have value tuples. <laughs> we didn't have... You couldn't write to console. Consoles not included in .NET Standard 1. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So like anytime I touched the console, I had to change it. Uh, C Sharp 8 doesn't exist in .NET Standard 1 in 2015, I should say. So I had to rewrite code. Well, let me start over. So first I have some NuGet packages. So I had to go back to some of my own NuGet packages that I'm referencing and do new releases of those that included .NET Standard 1.2. Mm. So that's what you can have, people. Oh. You can have 1.2 oh, no. on uh, it hurts. 2015. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. All, everything is so it hurts. Which, if you remember, also changes all of reflection. Mm. So, so all the reflection code I had to rewrite. That was fun. <laughs> all the, yeah. And then uh, fortunately, I could keep C Sharp 8 things because uh, this is nice. I used multi framework targeting you know you mm-hmm. put target frameworks mm-hmm. and you can just put dotnet standard 2.0 .NET standard uh 1.2 mm-hmm. uh then you have to remember to include value tuples remember how to do conditional syntax <laughs> do that kind of stuff but that worked and that was fun because i could still use c sharp 8 but then in the actual app code that's actually in visual studio 2015 i have shared code libraries also james mm-hmm. and of course that's going to run through the compiler. So I had to convert mm. my C-sharp 8 code to C-sharp 7. So how, how are you feeling about that evidence? All right. So at this point, you have to ask yourself, <laughs> do you really want to update the app or do you want to update every single line of your code and every library you've ever written? No, this, is, this, is, this really gets to the heart of it, right? Because your application is stuck in time. And... Luckily, there are technologies that allow some of those things to go back, but you have to put some work into it to make it so. I think that that the, obviously the .NET team and a lot of those libraries like value tuples and things like that have really come a long way. And I love that you can just compile C Sharp and use it on this old older stuff. Like if you don't have C Sharp 8, because it just kind of ma- it's compiler stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff just works. But no, you're totally right. I totally forgot about that. And that's a struggle because your mind has already been converted. Oh, yeah. And what I mean by that is like that time where I was a like, desktop developer writing WinForms app, and then I moved over to a XAMLE world, like my main, my mind changed. And like it was, I'm not going back. And and that means like every single time you write new code, you have to think, am I maintaining this twice? Am I, am I, am I limiting this code now? And that's going to cause me more problems later because you're going to run into the problems of like all your null checks, like your null conditionals, like your oh, yeah. null reference, like all that, that the crazy nullability stuff actually means that your application can be more fragile. So you're rewriting stuff may introduce more code bugs that long-term put you back that this is uh this is a conundrum, Frank, but honestly, Frank, we got to take a break and thank our good sponsor this week, Raygun. Listen, are you like Frank and are you struggling to replicate bugs and performance issues in your applications, whether they're brand new or old? I mean, listen, I've used Frank's apps. We all know that he struggles with this all the time. <laughs> he needs to really just plug Raygun into his mobile apps and his web apps. You can do it right now. You can diagnose all of your problems in minutes rather than hours. You can kiss goodbye having to dig through those log files. Listen, there's no console write line, no debug write line. Don't worry, Raygun's got you covered. They make your software development life so much easier by using their built-in error, crash, and performance monitoring tools. Listen, every software team can create flawless software experiences for their customers using Raygun. Go to raygun.com to get a free trial today. 
go to raygun.com and tell them that James and Frank sent you and that honestly Frank's apps are amazing but definitely try Raygun thank you Raygun and yes <laughs> I do need all the help I can get obviously James but we all need it we all we need all the help we can get it's true. Speaking, speaking of quality code uh, wow I totally forgot what I did today and you hit the nail on the head again um, I had to remove knowable checks in my code <laughs> because i had re you know i wrote some critical code and i wanted some good null checking in it so i put mm -hmm. all that in and they get it to compile under vs 2015 removed it all isn't okay, that so, pathetic so you're, you're making the case here frank because what's very fascinating actually at the same time is that while you were doing all of this work to trying to get it there you didn't stop and say maybe i should just control a delete and just move forward file new you know um, because it's a struggle. I, I still think that you went down the right path. This is probably the path that I would have went down to be honest with you, because I probably would have just wanted my app to be updated and, and get going. Um, now what I would say though, Frank is here's my, here's my new recommendation for you. Now that you've done all of this work to backport your code on, un, uncommit un that commit, just roll back. Now, what I want you to do though. Actually, don't, don't undo that command. That's a bad idea. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to do a little spike. I'm a big fan of this. People ask me all the time, should I use Xamarin, like iOS or Android, or should I just build a Mac app, or should I use Xamarin Forms? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're building. It's hard to say. Frank, I don't know what your app does. I've never used it, even though I own 10 copies. Listen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> listen. <laughs> here's what I recommend, and this is what I've recommended for eight years between my time at Xamarin and, and Microsoft is what if you just do a day, just do a spike and say, I'm gonna do file new. And can what I create in a day get me 80% the way there of the application, like the look, the feel, the functionality, or is that cross-platform framework going to limit me so much that I'm gonna to have to convert it later on back to a UWP application? Because maybe your app needs like multi-window support and all this other stuff that maybe you know a cross-platform framework may not support, any cross-platform framework, right? Or it will work for you and you're like, I'm, I'm good, right? But it's better almost a day to take the spike to say, am I going down the right path or not? That's my usually my recommendation. Yeah, and I actually agree with you wholeheartedly. And I did that day a month ago. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I wasn't <laughs> thoroughly happy with the result. That's why uh, what I did this time was I promised myself a day to just get that Windows version working. You know, it, it, was, it was that same concept, though, applied, like, give yourself a day, like, just bang on it until it's working. And I decided I was going to go the VS20, whatever version of VS could actually do it. Um, it, it what to say, what to say. I, I like, here was my thought. I don't like to run away from hard work. So, yeah, it's a pain in the butt to change it from C-sharp 8 to C-sharp 7. But if that means that I can do a release of the app tomorrow or in a couple days, whatever. My customers don't care what language I used. You know, that that's me being precious. Um, you know, I wrote the app in C-sharp 4 or something. You know, it's fine. Um, so I didn't want to run away from hard work. And it was, I would, it wasn't even hard work. I, I've been through much more terrible, like it started out at 880 errors and I just, you know, worked through it and got there, got done, James. And I'm just like, I'm so proud of myself. It compiled 
compiled nicely, no warnings, nothing. Ran the app. It showed a circuit. I was elated. I was like, yes, I'm going to ship this puppy. And then I started to play around a little bit. And oh my God, it's just buggy as AF. <laughs> so you've sort of gone down the route now of you you got it up and running, you did all the hard work, and now sort of maybe it's not at the satisfaction level or the quality uh, level that you would have liked. No. Um, mm. it, 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 and it's hard for me to un- remember what are like the old bugs and what are new bugs. Mm. So like part of me wants, you know, well, no, I have to go download the old version and like, you know, side by side them to see what I've, what bugs I've accidentally introduced and whatnot. But that got me to thinking. And I think that's where we started this whole conversation because now I'm at this point where sure I have this running windows version, but it's going to take days to clean up and get working in good order again. The question is, can I write a forms version in that same amount of time and get another platform potentially out of it? Even maybe if you don't even ship it today, right? You ship it later. Yeah. Or because specifically Android, as you know, I, I, I know the Android API, but I don't, (laughs) I, I, I forget it every time I have to go back and try to remember how to work on that Android app. So I would just love it if there was that unified uh, code base. So you were mentioning before, you don't know what style of code I used. Well, the good news is, as you said, uh, Windows 8 was totally XAML based and I was all in. I'm like, hey, view models, I can do view models. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, iCircuit's kind of fun because there is that business logic part, like the circuit simulator and even the drawing code. That's all easily shareable, like 80% of the code that just comes along for free. Then I have graphical views, and then I have native UI views. And native UI views, I've only got like six, five, you know? So I only have like five or six view models. That's what kind of gives me confidence that I could do this, because the graphical views should be relatively free to port over. The business logic is free. And then it's just all about how well can I replicate the old Android and Windows native UI parts and forms? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, well, one of the cool parts, I guess, is that, well, it depends. It's kind of like it's hard because like if you if you go down the actual route that you should go down, like there's this route in which you're like, this is the route that I actually should go down, which is to probably upgrade it to UWP, make it all super nice and modern, go through that route. And then you just have one platform. You have to worry about Android. I mean, the nice part there is in either way you go, you can always sort of drop down to the native stack. So if something's not in forms, you can always drop down there, man. This is very tricky. I think that, um, I have this problem, which is I often in conversation try to solutionize everything like you know you came to me and you're like here's the thing that i'm going through and and sometimes i have a hard time just listening and asking questions instead of coming up with solutions this is the thing that i do that I'm, I'm learning to try to get better so let me further ask you another question here frank how important oh, how important is it for you to actually have both of these applications windows and android um out 
at the same time. Like, let me just, let me just start asking, asking questions. So maybe sometimes it's helped. I think it helps me to vocalize out loud and then discuss. So, so let me ask you that question first. Well, certainly it hasn't been the highest priority just by, if you look at past behavior and do your measurements based off of that, how do I emotionally feel? Um, I really wish they were out there. I don't like devoting a lot of time to them again, just because profit wise, you know, my time wise, it just doesn't make sense to devote half of my year to the Android app. You know, just, I can't do that. Um, but it weighs on my conscience and soul that they're not there because the app was designed to be cross-platform. It's really not that much more work. So I feel a little bit of guilt, honestly, that they're not there. But I don't think that that's a good business motivator guilt. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Well, the other question I would then ask you too to kind of dig a little bit deeper on this is how are you going to feel if you do put out the applications and then have to maintain them for the next X years. Like, is that something that you are willing to invest in long-term? Because now, now I'm getting to the point, by the way, which is, I'll get to my hypothesis here of, of what you should actually do. But I, I want to get some more information before I finalize mm -hmm. this in my mind. Maintenance is the pain and success of maintenance are somehow proportional to mm. how much custom code is there on the platform. Um, if I implement a feature like, okay, there's a feature where I want to have a library manager inside of the app. So I have to build a little UI that has a list. You can add things to the list. You can subtract things from the list, maybe set some properties on things in the list. So I, st I have to write that UI, uh, for iOS and Mac. And I'm like, well, I might as well just write that UI in forms, you mm -hmm. know, because then if I ever get these other apps out, then um, the maintenance cost is essentially zero. I just have to recompile and re-upload. And that's much easier than writing a UI element and testing a UI element. Orders of magnitude difference there in pain and suffering, basically. Um, so that's the story I tell myself, that um, if I can remove a lot of this custom stuff, that I would be more motivated to not just motivated to maintain them, but the maintenance burden would just be a lot less. And therefore I would get releases out more often. You, what was your you, question? <laughs> no, I think that, I think that's good. I think, I think that's talking, talking through the long-term support of it. No, no, another question for you. Do you believe that by releasing these apps, the amount of time and energy that you have to put into them, let's say it's three, three weeks of work. We'll just throw out that number, right? That's like a sprint. Do you believe that the return on that val and that investment will outweigh had you invested in other projects or in the current version of iCircuit? I'm pretty sure, and this is me talking with two apps on the table that I really want to release, that releasing those apps from a business point of view will be a lot more profitable. Uh, because which one, which one, the, the windows and Android version or the other ones? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, new apps that have not been released yet versus the windows and Android versions of iCircuit. Just historically, I know how they perform and I don't think 
things have changed much there. Actually, I think out of Android and Windows, if I'm being a business person, I think it's Android actually that I would make the most money on. Hmm. Oddly enough, okay. there's just there's... a lot of students out there with tablets, basically. Here's here's what I'm going to do, Frank. I'm going to throw a crazy suggestion out there. You're going to hate it, I'm pretty sure. Outside and the our, box? <laughs> and our listeners may may shun me for this, but and that's okay. Here's here's what I'm going to recommend. Here's my idea, and let's talk through it. I'm recommending you don't update the applications. You deprecate them. You let them go because you have, Frank, new better ideas that you could bring to those platforms without having to energize and put the work in here, move forward. Don't look at your past in this situation, right? This is my recommend. This is my, this is my, this is not a recommendation. This is a thought that I want to put in your head because here's my justification for it. From everything you said, one, no matter what you do, not going to be easy. There's no quick wins. You already tried it. Right. And even the quick wins didn't I really tried result both in directions, quick wins. both ways, both I tried the native right? quick win and the forms quick win. And you could go through the route, which is let me go basically create a new application. That's really what you're going to do. They're going to really, really use a lot of stuff, but you're going to have to do the testing, whole do new thing. Even if you did UWP, even if you did Android, if you did Xamarin forms, you got to reproductize them. You got to update the app stores. You got to do all the things right where you have potential in applications that are unfinished, that are closer to being finished, that could generate more revenue for you today, that seem to be more important to you in a way. This is my this is my at least input here. I think it's going to be the maybe maybe the hardest decision that maybe you ever have to make when it comes to iCircuit. But this is what I'm this is what I'm gathering, you know. And I've done this, by the way. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I've done this because I have sat there. And for years, I sat there and I updated Meetup Manager over and over and over again. Now, it's not like it didn't make money. It definitely did make a little bit of money for me. I used it myself. I upgraded it. I upgraded it to every version from MVVM Cross to to Xamarin, to Xamarin Forms, all the way up to the latest version. I put offline sync. I did all this stuff in it. And what I realized is that I could have been using that time to make other applications that would have been way more profitable, way more impactful, and would have brought more joy to my actual life. So that's at least my story of application. So I let it go. It's gone. It's completely gone. It's just, it's gone. And I, I'm never going to return to it. And and I'm, I've, I've said, okay. I love that at the 28 minute mark, you basically just flip the table over. You're just like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> everything you just said is wrong. <laughs> um, I actually kind of love everything you just said. I think you always forget that I'm slightly a sociopath and I love destroying things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I actually really love that. Um, one part of me would still love to give as I've done, um, I tried one day on forms to get a feel for it, one day on Windows to get a feel for it. I'd still like to do a one day um, sprint on Android just to see if I can get an update out, you know, just because I haven't tried. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hate having that question mark in my head, mm-hmm. um, but it's quite possible I'll run into all the, you know, same bugs and problems all over again. So I think I'd still do that. But contingent on that, I am digging completely your philosophical <laughs> standpoint here. 
of, you know, move on from the past. You know, that first album was pretty good. Time mm-hmm. to make, you know, albums five and six and seven, all that stuff. Um, I actually do like that a lot. It's liberating, obviously. I think it's the opposite of guilt. <laughs> it's the other way to get around guilt. Like instead of doing the tasks, just say, oh, no, I'm just going to, instead of painting the house, I'll just burn the house down. You know, that's accomplishing mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, it's that true. metaphor, well, probably. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, what's well, a more positive spin on that? Um, <laughs> well, well, there's the where, there's the thing, right? Which is, let's say you do something to your house and you band-aid it. And you're like, okay, well, that band-aid's great. But now I'm not going to work on it anymore because actually the real work is basically to tear the whole thing down. So stop patching it and just let it go at some point. Um, and I think that's okay. I mean, the the thing, the reason I ask so many questions is because had it been an application that was something that, you know, was gangbusters, right? And it was doing really well and was bringing in tons of profit and had all this potential and you just needed to keep it going, you would have already been keeping it going, right? You've already, you would have already, there's a reason you didn't invest in, in it, right? Just like the same reason I didn't invest in Meetup Manager. Once I stopped using it, once I sort of saw it trickle down and the maximum users were there that were, you know, just going, um, it was just kind of time that I felt, you know, it, it was go time. And I had to let it go. And that's why you see, you know, innovations, right? And you see applications come, you see applications go, and um, or, or they, re- they re- almost rewrite themselves, right? When you think of overcast or you think of some of the 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 phones uh the apps on your phone sometimes you know apps have lifespans but then sometimes the same application just becomes something brand new almost like a reinvention of like here's what we're doing now like this is what's happening and it's go time yeah and i kind of love the idea Sorry, that that was all very inspirational what you said i'm just going to go back to something more concrete i love the idea of converting the new apps to forms rather than the old app to forms because you know i've ported that app a million times and it's got funny little quirks because it's gone through a million different apis and things like that whereas now i'm much more mature as we all say as programmers you know i can do a much better job a much cleaner job you know much less code so i i like the greenfield pasture of it as all programmers do too oh I like we're we're ending on a happy note. This is pretty nice. Gotta let it go, let it go. Oh, just like don't, okay, now it just you ruined it. <laughs> oh, okay, ruined. Oops, that's okay. Oops. Yeah, there's there's also some other benefits here that I want to say too. Is um, I recently just really kickstarted a new application, and I've just been really enjoying just all the new productivity features, all the new features. I'm using some third party libraries by some of our sponsors, um, which is cool. So they have community editions of stuff. I've just been really enjoying like all the new .NET Core 3.1 features, like new function features. And I'm just like, man, like for me to go update that old stuff, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Because now I'm just actually enjoying the development more. And that's sort of what I want to do. Again, it's that risk versus reward. So I think that the positivity is like there's uh, there's something on the horizon, right? Because I think if you would have come into here, by the way, I want to make sure I flip this correctly for people. So they're not just like, James just says, throw away everything. The thing is, had you come in and say, I have nothing else, right? And now I'm sitting in the point where I've updated this one application. It's amazing. And now I'm in the point where I can create something brand new or I can, you know, just Mm -hmm. do this. And then I think like you would have done something in that space. But since there is other potential, I think it's time to just let it soar, let it go. 
take up some fresh air, just breathe it all in. <laughs> it's a happy uh, international cold brew day. So maybe drink some cold brew coffee right now. Mm, enjoy that, Frank. <laughs> uh, I will say your app is looking quite good. You sent me a screenshot just before the show. <laughs> I see lots of gradients. I appreciate gradients. Flat design is way too uh, overrated. Uh, and I see funny fonts. I love funny fonts. Every app should have some kind of custom font. There's a lot of cheap ones out there. Go get one. <laughs> Guess how much that font is going to cost me every year. Oh, wait, you did. You bought the wrong font from the wrong company then. Um, how much? I can't. A hundred bucks a year. Nope, it's a lot more than that. So this is a uh, this is a well. I haven't decided if I'm going to use it yet. So you can okay. use this font for free consumer, like your own personal use. But if you want to make money or publish something with it, with it, you need to get your license, right? And, and for my website, I have a yearly one to like Adobe, and I have a bunch of other ones that I you know pay for. But when it comes to mobile application, I've never embedded a custom font in my mobile apps like i've embedded fonts like font awesome and other ones that are free editions but i've never gone to like a small mom and mom and pop a boutique font Ooh, it's quite expensive i can't even repeat how much money it's going to cost me every year so that's why i haven't decided why i'm going to um if i'm going to use it or uh, not. but i think the custom fonts make apps look very good in certain uses yeah I think so too. And um, I don't want to turn this into a font show, but we should totally do that next week. Um, there are font houses um, that specialize for apps and have much better terms, flat rate. So you pay 200 bucks and you don't pay any royalties. So they are specifically designed for apps and they're very excellent. And I'm just completely blanking on the name right now. Well, we can bring it to our um, next next week's talk, which is yes. our lightning talks, by the way. So get your lightning oh, talk perfect. topics in. Yeah. Go to mergeconflict.fm, hit that contact button, tweet at us, do the things. Frank, I hope that you have a very productive week and that we get updates on our lightning talk round next week about what you've done. I'm very excited for you, Frank. Well, you just flipped my whole week upside down. So I, I don't know what I'm doing now. It's all lost. I'm, I'm just going to have to go on a pilgrimage out into the desert or something and think things over think through we'll my life decisions we'll stay six feet away from everybody wash your hands for 20 seconds stay safe and that's going to do it for this week's merge conflict thanks to ray gun for sponsoring this week's pod and until next time i'm james maltamagno and i'm frank Krueger. thanks for listening peace <laughs>